0: Welcome, everyone, to the Dr. Pete Goldman Show. Super psyched to have my good friend, Adam Redzovic, with, with me. Adam, welcome.
1: Thank you, Dr. Pete. Always a pleasure.
0: Cool. Thanks for having me. So let me just give a little background to everybody, and then we'll uh, we'll dive into some cool topics together. So I met Adam many years ago, um, and we've been really good friends ever since. Um, he has uh, a jiu-jitsu academy in Chicago. And he has a very kind of unique perspective and a unique jujitsu game and unique experiences. And I think it will be uh, valuable for everyone to, you know, listen as we explore some of these things, not only for jujitsu. So if you're a jujitsu person, that's good. I bet you'll take a lot out of this. And I think for life, you'll take a lot out of it, too. So on that note. So, Adam, let me start with this. So you're, first of all, you're born in Chicago. Is that correct? Yes, born and raised, Chicago, Illinois. Because okay. I think one of your uh, social media things says from the mountains of Bosnia, so that's a little a little misleading. But, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought maybe he was born in Bosnia. I don't know. But, uh, okay, so you're born in Chicago, but but your parents both were born in Bosnia. Am I correct? Yeah, that, they,
1: that was uh, former Yugoslavia. And then they moved to the States in the 70s, I believe. And, uh, yeah, now it's... Uh, That's all been split up, Bosnia, Croatia, Serbia, et cetera. So, um, but yeah, first generation American.
0: Okay. Anyway, so here's the question. This is a super important question. This is the most interesting question so far of the day. You mentioned, and I'm not disagreeing, by the way. I'm just, I'm just asking you this to see what you think. You mentioned that there's certain things people have control over, certain things people don't. They should determine what they have control over, what they don't. Let's forget jujitsu. This is in life. These are the things in life I have control over. These are the things in life I don't have control over. So the things I don't have control over, no matter what I do or think or say, it doesn't matter. I don't have control over them. So I'm going to dismiss them and I'm going to just spend my time on things I have control over. So that's, that's what you said. Like I said, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I think it's great advice. It's a very stoic philosophy. Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, all these guys that kind of became popular about 20 years ago, the stoic philosophy, it's still popular. Cool. But here's the question. And again, I'm just asking it. I, I don't know the answer. There are those who would say, but wait a second. Remember that list of things that we said we don't have control over, meaning, you know, things that we do or think or say? But there are people who pray. They're religious. They say, no, I'm actually praying for things to be a certain way. So these are things that I, quote, don't have control over, but I guess I do in a way or I must think I do because I am going to pray that these things work, you know, happen a certain way. Because, like, you know, they're, I'm just making this up, there's, let's say, in the U.S., there's mothers who have kids who are soldiers in, wherever, they are soldiers in the Middle East somewhere, and before they go to sleep, they pray that their son is safe. So somehow they think, I'm, I'm not saying they're wrong, somehow they think that their actions, which in this example is prayer, is actually affecting something that presumably they have no control over, so they must think they do have some control over it, because through prayer, they're trying to control what happens so again there's the very stoic philosophy which is like look it's pretty simple in life you don't have control over this you do have control over that just forget this stuff deal with what you have control over but then again there's for lack of a better word a religious perspective that says you know regardless of what religion someone is no i do have i i i have so much faith that i'm going to pray and i'm going to affect the outcome somehow cuz if i didn't think i was affecting the outcome i wouldn't be praying so what do you kind of think about that whole conversation
1: yeah i i think that's pr- something that you're probably going to have to wrestle with right if you uh you know if you have a heart you're empathetic you care about humans like here's one lived experience on that you know so i have a, uh, some friends in costa rica uh, a really great family they, they would fly me out to do some seminars there and i would spend time um with the parents in particular uh, of my friend uh the Wesson family and uh, uh I remember for whatever reason there was a time when I was there and there was you know the world seems like if, if you want to look at it like it's always been on fire right there's always been something if you want to focus on that it's also always been you know there's been beauty on it too there's always been you know good things going on but th- for whatever reason I was in a space when I was there where I was feeling a little bit down because uh i don't know if it was like in the time of social media i was getting images on my phone that were like should have been filtered like gruesome things that would uh you know wars on the other side of the world etc so i don't know how we got onto that subject when i was having dinner with this family but um i might have said something to the extent of like yeah you know i don't know how to perceive these things you know sometimes like the world gets me down there's you know things that get a little bit depressing etc so they relate a story to me about a time that they were in the vatican having a conversation with the priest and communicating something very similar to him and what the priest told them that stuck with me was get to know the name of the beggar in your neighborhood you know because uh, sometimes you know caring about you know things you know that you can't control could be, a, I would imagine could be a sign that you have a heart, but also could be a sign that you may be like the uh, virtue signaling, you know, that is like, that's a real thing too, man. Like uh, some people, uh, you know, um, might not know, but if, if to me, I was like, man, you know, I don't know that person's name in my neighborhood. And that is something I do have control over. So if I really did care, wouldn't I start there, you know, and, uh, and I think prayer, for example, is something that You do have control over, and ultimately, all like I think you know we're kind of crossing a bridge uh, to faith right now, like because you know that's the subject that's kind of I think lingering around this, like you know if because you know if there's things going around uh, around the world, who's going to help? And but I feel like uh, uh, some people take on the role of God. In an effort to you know you know problem solve feel better about themselves or whatever, but uh some things are in God's hands, some things are in my hands. I think praying well, just, and just answered-
0: pause pause there for a sec, just pause there because i mean I, I I want you to finish the point, of course, when you say some things are in God's hands, some things are in your hands, again, I'm not disagreeing, and I certainly don't know the answer, but I just want to explore that. Some would say if they're of a Western religion which is either judaism christianity or islam those are the three western religions as far as i know and i i'm not sure about the eastern religions in on this subject that i'm about to bring up as far as hinduism buddhism some people think confucianism is a religion i don't know if it is or not but it is considered by some religions some people consider it a philosophy same with buddhism but we'll call those the three main eastern religions at the moment and i'm not sure if this applies to them but in the western religions Islam, Christianity, Judaism. When one would say, well, some things are in our hands, some things are in God's hands. And according to Western religions, God's all powerful. So God has all the power. Nothing, you know, with a capital N, happens unless God wills it. So actually everything is in God's hands. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't mean things are in our hands too or not. I don't know. I'm not a theologian. I'm not not qualified to make that statement. Um, But I'm just wondering how you think when you When you mention some things are in our hands, some things are in God's hands, but if God's all powerful, meaning everything's in god 's hands how how do you kind of look at that equation? How do you see that
1: yeah there's a, there's one quote that
0: is this a quote from Adam Rezevik
1: No no there, I, I have it in my phone. I don't want to mess it up. If you give me thirty seconds i'll I'll find it. but uh this is a quote. Those, that's the kind of thing that I would wrestle with for, you know, have a lot of wrestling matches on these kind of uh, ideas. And uh, there was one quote uh, from a Muslim scholar that recently passed away that someone shared with me. And I was like, all right, that's, this is uh, something I feel uh, addresses this question. And here it is. Here's the quote. It says, don't worry about the world for the world belongs to God don't worry about provisions for they come from god don't worry about the future for that's in control of god only worry about one thing and that's how you can please god and i felt like i because i've seen people you know uh, in an effort to save the world lose themselves you know and uh become the problem that they focus on so much you know and uh this has just been in, in, like a, a pattern that I can't ignore in my life, you know, that I've seen. Uh, so, like, uh, and, and and I guess that's probably, you know, we're getting some some super deep philo- uh, philosoph- uh philosophical uh, ideas, right? Like, uh, you know, how much do we actually control, right? Like, and
0: but well, so th- the two things, the two things uh, in that quote that I'm curious about. It's a good quote, by the way, but not but it's a good quote and. Just two things that I stuck out to me stuck out to me. Not as a not that I agreed or disagreed. Just just they stuck out to me like when you said them. The first thing was don't worry about provisions, which sounds good, but most people are concerned with how much money they have or make or what they will be able to do with their money. I'm not saying that's the right attitude. I'm not saying that I have that attitude or you have that attitude, but there are many people who have that attitude. So that's just an interesting thing when he's like don't worry about provisions. I mean. That's a pretty radical statement. It may be a very true statement. It might be the best advice ever. I'm just pointing out the way most people wake up in the morning and conduct their day. They are damn concerned with provisions. So that's one, which you can comment on. in the second. And the second thing that stuck out to me is when he said, just be concerned with pleasing God. Um, when I think of that idea, the first question is why, and again, I'm... Saying this from a very um, secular standpoint, I'm not, I'm just saying this inquisitively. I'm not saying in the critical way of something theological, I'm just asking. Pops in my head. One is why would God be made out to be so immature that he or she's waiting for our pleasing it or whatever you want to call it? Two is. Where's the list of things we're supposed to do to please God? Because it's obviously not universal. Because Jews have what's called, um, there were 613, I believe, laws or mitzvahs that Jews were supposed to do. Of course, the temple was destroyed in Jerusalem, so they can't do them all, but whatever. Orthodox Jews have a list of things to please God. Christians, presumably, are supposed to accept Jesus as the Messiah, and that pleases God and, you know, love thy neighbor and whatever else was said um muslims have a certain list of things to please god so already pleasing god is a, is kind of a rough business when there's no universal list that's the next thing that comes to my mind um well anyway we'll just leave it at that so i, I just wanted to say I, I think it's a great quote and i don't i don't disagree with any of it it just it certainly leaves a lot of uh stuff that needs explanation so i'm going to rely on you to explain it to everybody
1: yeah then we're in trouble uh if you're relying on me because uh uh, clear, uh, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Like, uh, I can come off on this conversation like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bright guy. Dr. Pete, you know, I'm not the brightest light bulb. So for the viewers who are, or get, who are, you know, on this path, definitely, um, dig deeper. I'm not going to be your primary source, but I'll, I'll share with you the things that, you know, stick out to me. I, uh, cause it's undeniable that all those faith traditions exist, right? Like, and they've existed for a very long time, and uh, and you want, uh, a, do you want to take a stab. You want
0: to take a stab at uh, guessing how long, without Googling it, how each one, how, how long each one's been around. I mean, um,
1: fourteen hundred years for. I think.
0: Islam. Uh, I, I think was Islam was fourteen.
1: Uh, the. Yeah, I mean, uh, well the. Uh, Within the Muslim circles, you you can you'll hear arguments that Islam is the original
0: religion. But but I'm uh, saying, but but Muhammad was 1400-ish years ago. Yeah, 1400 years roughly. So, so just just for every just for fun, everyone can Google it after I say it. I might be off. I think Judaism is about 5800 years old. Christianity is about 2000 years old, and Islam is about 1400 years old. Of, of the Of the Western religions, I think I'm somewhere around accurate
1: yeah and um it's an interesting uh uh life experience right like even if you want to deny all of those traditions like they're still here there's they they still i think shape a lot of our reality and um our geography everything and uh so i i feel like everyone has their own path that they are going to have to you know uh you know, uh, embark upon. But uh, some things that stick out on my path on this is that those traditions have a lot of the similar values behind them, right? There's uh, uh, all the the good virtues are pretty consistent across the board. And the things that we're kind of warned against, you know, all those spiritual illnesses of jealousy and envy and greed and, you know, all those things, uh, you know, but all of those traditions also have their own, uh, di- there's differences, a lot of the- there's differences in theology. And uh, I feel it doesn't... Pers-
0: just, just to chime in for a second about differences in theology, it's interesting. And of course, I can't speak for every follower of all religions because there may be several followers that don't feel the way that I'm going to paint many of the followers. But for example, if one person does Tai Chi, One person does yoga and one person likes to go do martial arts. I mean, they probably all respect each other. Like there's probably someone who's like, look, I do yoga I feel great. I do it four days a week. It makes me feel really good. It makes me happy. I don't do Tai Chi or martial arts, but I, I respect those guys. And probably there's someone who does Tai Chi and says, look, I've been doing Tai Chi six days a week for the last 25 years. It's probably my favorite thing in the world. I feel amazing. I don't do yoga or martial arts, but I, I respect those guys. There's probably people who do martial arts say, man, martial arts has changed my life on so many levels and I don't do yoga or Tai Chi, but you know, I, I think it's great. I'm happy for them. It just happens. I picked this, but it's interesting because, and again, I'm sure there's plenty of exceptions, but there's plenty of Jewish people that would be like, man, Christianity and Islam, what a joke. And there's probably plenty of Christians who are like, if you don't accept Jesus, you know, X, Y, Z and whatever. And I'm probably a lot of Muslims who think this is the right way and the other ways are wrong. So, you know, unlike the examples I gave before, there's many, I'm not saying me or you or or anyone in particular, but there are plenty of followers of those three religions who are convinced that they're right and the other ones are wrong. So it makes for an interesting uh, dynamic between humans because on the surface they're, you know, having lunch together and hanging out. But on the deeper level, if they really got into that, which they probably avoid, there's some, severe, uh, differences of opinions.
1: Yeah. And I, and if I think if you do ultimately believe in a designer, you know, a creator, you know, I think that cause that's, it comes down to, right? Like, if, and I believe I, I, I will never understand the full wisdom of the designer of the creator, at least while I'm here. But, uh, I feel like part of my journey uh is um you know am i gonna pick up those books and uh be a reflection of the designer in the sense of uh you know all the positive virtues or am i gonna pick up those books and uh beat the crap out of you with one of them you know hit you over the head with it and tell you you're going to hell and this and that so something uh we 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 had a discussion on before but uh and this is just my own kind of uh you know trying to make sense of things uh it seems like within our hearts we have a a battle for unity and 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 then and division you know divisiveness and uh no matter what path you come from even within the martial arts you're gonna have people who are gonna try to you know keep you know learning and growing and you know, spend their focus on those uh, parts. But then there's going to be people on your team that are going to want to spend time talking about how the other school sucks and, you know, uh, all things that are just ultimately have a baseline of divisiveness. And so if there's two categories of divisiveness, which I would put fear-based, I would put the devil in there, all the negative things that, you know, all the spiritual illnesses, all those books talk about, you know, jealousy envy greed all those things uh, you can put in one category and then in the other category unity god and um, all the positive virtues um it seems like there's a spiritual warfare on this earth of you know these energies and irregardless of what you label them there's people who have good character who who embody that positive healing energy who or have a prophetic character and they could be jewish they could be christian they could be a variety of whatever you want to tag them but they walk the walk of prophetic character they have they do more healing to others it's
0: funny you actually gave me really good advice once about uh jiu-jitsu what and what we were i mean we were talking about i mean i'm just going to kind of paraphrase what you said but let's say there's a Someone who's looking to train at a school and they say, Well, I train here, it's good, but you know, I kind of want to train there because this guy is great at leg locks and I kind of want to train here because they're good at no gi. Look at it. But meanwhile, while everyone's arguing about where to train, there are some people who are going five days a week and just getting tough. Yeah. And some people are just talking about this and this and leg locks and this and this, but they're training two days a week because they're philosophizing the rest of the time and they're not getting tough. So it's almost better to just be at like a good school. It's a good, solid school. And you're training there five days a week guess what you're getting tough so yeah, that
1: focusing on something you can control
0: right exactly and it reminds me of what you just said it's like someone could be like oh i think this religion or that but like who's the one i don't care what label they have whether they're christian or jewish or muslim or whatever but who's the one who is embodying you know who is has faith and is you know patient and forgiving and loving or whatever uh, and generous and kind well I don't care what label they have after them because that's a pretty good thing to be walking around with so which is what you just said so i think that's a good good point
1: yeah there, there was uh I, I might be misquoting it but uh there's a line i think it's from the big lebowski movie where it says something to the effect of you can be right and still be an asshole." you know like uh, it's, I, there's people who are right maybe they're right as far as like uh technically what they're saying is true but the way they're going about this is all wrong you know and that's how i see a lot of times when people spend a lot of focus on debating each other's path debating each other's different uh, traditions they, we all have our you know we're standing on enough to you know uh, there's enough in all these paths if you want to focus on that you could and uh, it just seems like uh oftentimes it's it's for the sake of winning it's the for the sake of feeding the ego and um and ultimately uh yeah i just uh i think people who want to be, be influential they, it's it, it when you walk the walk you are going to have more influence than just talking the talk and and i think when it comes to these issues especially these uh, that are so close to us right it's our uh it's our identity oftentimes it's my, it's my tribe it's my so sometimes the ego can can get flared up to defend the you know the narrative or to whatever's you know but so um, I just I, I I don't I don't I don't see that that's the best return on my energy you know I, what I feel... do you do
0: what what do you do if you have a student or a friend or a family member I don't know cousin or something like that I don't know where whoever, <clears throat> whoever it is whatever kind of family member they may be I just use cousin as an example or friend or student. Who is very extreme in their views but they they kind of have the same views as you but they're so extreme when they present them to you are you just thinking like ah look they believe what they believe i'm not going to say anything you just kind of like okay cool and just kind of change the subject or do you sometimes say like you know i want to present not that i disagree with you and the foundation but i want to present you know some other stuff to you 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 are sounding kind of extreme or you just kind of leave it alone because People they believe what they believe, and you don't think it's worth having those kind of conversations.
1: Yeah, I, um, just my life experience. I, I there when I'm younger, when I was younger, I would probably be more inclined to like trying to, you know, uh, enlighten them, <laughs> you know, so to speak. Like, like I'm gonna teach them, or I have to tell them the way it really is, or I have to. So you before you know it, you can be engaging in argumentation pretty quickly if you're depending on who you're dealing with, right? If someone is just trying to force views on you, and you want to now engage in that, like, uh, so there there's been, I'm I'm a Muslim, so from my path, there's things that I can recruit, which I do. For example, there's a saying in the, in our tradition where pretty much argumentation is. Uh, borderline, if I, and again, I'm not the person to uh, take this wisdom from, but I could be completely wrong, but my understanding is it's like some scholars will consider it to be forbidden, like it's a sin to just to just to argue. Um, but don't take my word for it. But there are things that uh, would suggest that, like there's a saying, again, people should look this up. I might be you know, not quoting it ideally, but supposedly God is going to if you leave argumentation with someone even if you're right if you just leave that alone god will give you uh you know a a, a place in paradise like you're going to have a beautiful place beautiful home in paradise just uh, so there's so much that would that, that would influence me to like walk away from that and then i also just on the life journey uh, you, i come to realize that some people um it's not my responsibility to change anybody's views, you know, through logic, through, and oftentimes it's a reflection of my ego, like me trying to force views on you. And it doesn't matter what the view is, if I if I'm trying to force it on you.
0: I had a, I had an interesting experience with that a few weeks ago. It's very interesting. It was an incredibly interesting experience for myself internally. And I'll tell you what happened. I was I was listening to a guy that I know who I like. I like, I like and respect this particular guy. I was listening to, listening to him talk to a group, which I happened to be present. So he wasn't he wasn't addressing it to me at all. He just making a point, and I found the point he made very offensive, which was very odd because I, I I usually am just not built like that. I usually don't get offended too easily, really, by anything. I'm sure some exceptions, but I just don't feel offended a lot. That's just not you know like I said, probably with some exceptions, but I got very upset. And I remember, I remember it was pretty wild. I didn't say anything to him about it. He probably didn't even realize that he even said it or that I was present. It didn't even, none none of it it even registered to him, but he made this comment I thought was very misinformed, inaccurate, very smug, just, and, you know, and, and like I said, pretty offensive. And I found that, and the next day I woke up, I was still so upset about it. I was like, man, this is so weird in my own head. I'm like, I'm not usually like this to begin with, let alone waking up the next day, being so upset about it. And it lasted, I think, for another day. Then for some reason I, I said, oh, I think I'm gonna write him like an email, you know, and just tell him like, that, that I thought that what he said was, you know, just first of all, factually wrong, let's just start with, that's a good place to start also like the smug way he said it's like kind of pathetic like especially when you're factually inaccurate about something to say it in such a confident smug way condescending way and then i was like um maybe i'm not gonna write him that but i was so upset and i said maybe i'll just like not like cut him out of my life permanently but maybe i'll just like take a break from interacting with him and i was so upset for some reason the next morning i woke up for no reason i didn't do anything i just didn't care anymore it's like the weirdest thing i didn't i didn't like you know meditate or pray or think of i just like went to sleep like probably getting ready the next day to take action on and i just like i literally did not care and then what you reminded me of when you said about you can't make other i was thinking like you know what i'm not like the thought police i can't make people think something think whatever the hell i want to think like what am I going to like go around spend my whole life with people I know, people I don't know, people I kind of know. and just like tell everyone what to think. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. So it was a very peaceful feeling. So uh, I just kind of came to that experience or realization myself, at least in that, you know, hopefully I'll do as good with other things, which a probably hopefully won't offend me in the first place. And if they do, it just faded. And, you know, I'm not talking like a year later Something's something like, Oh, like over time. No, it was like, it was four days later. I just, woke up and just didn't care anymore and i didn't feel anything negative toward him because like i said i already liked him i already respected him so i still did he thinks that good plenty of people think all kinds of stuff what what can i do
1: yeah and it's uh you know maybe you writing that email would have probably fueled the, the flame a little bit and extended that you know uh and I, again i've you know people might argue hey how's he gonna learn if you don't tell him and it, it just ultimately i feel like. Uh, my responsibility, walking this earth, is to just uh, try and take care of my own heart. If I do that, I'll be a blessing to the people around me by default. I won't be a feral, like a oppressor. You know, oppressor. If I'm working on my heart, hopefully. So, and that's what ultimately I'm going to be accountable for. Is uh, I'm going to have to stand in front of the Creator and I have to present my heart. And now, if I you know, me winning that argument with you or him or like, or whatever he's doing on his path, I'm not going to be accountable for that guy. I got to have to be accountable for what's going on in my own heart. And I got my hands full of wrestling with that, you know? So I think if I spend most of my time and focus worrying about other people's opinions and belief and all that can be a distraction of focusing on myself and like focusing on just polishing up the rust on my own heart, you know, it's like that, uh, the michael jackson song man in the mirror you know he's probably uh, left us with some wisdom with that one you know and because it just seems like man everyone if they're focused on what's going on out there we all do this nothing gets changed but if we all start to like you know i gotta i gotta do better if everyone I just i I can't imagine that not being the better approach and ultimately it's not in my control right
0: what would you say is the proper balance between this i'm going to ask you for again, I'm not asking you exactly where the proper balance is, but what are your thoughts on the subject of proper balance on this, what I'm going to bring up? Let's say there's one person who says to themselves, well, you're like Adam says, I'm going to kind of consider things that I can improve in myself. And, you know, I need improvement in this, this, and this, you know, emotionally or psychologically or whatever, or, or, or in, or, or, or otherwise. let's say they start condemning themselves, like, man, I can't believe I did this or thought this or said this or whatever they're condemning. It's leading to self-condemnation. So it's bringing their vibe down because they're being so hard on themselves. So let's say that's one extreme the person. They do reflect on themselves, like you were suggesting, but they do it in such an extreme way that they just put themselves into the negative column by being so um, self-condemning. The other end of the extreme is the person who doesn't do any self-reflection. They they don't care about anything that they do and they're not self-condemning. So they kind of feel good, but again, they're not really improving. I don't really know how good they feel in general, but at least on that topic, they feel good because they're not. So what is the good way to kind of be hard on yourself in a sense, but not be too hard on yourself that you bring yourself down?
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I feel like the conversation uh, is making me be uh, feel like a guru. <laughs> like a, uh, definitely, people do your homework. I'm uh, I might sound a lot more uh, well-read than than I actually am. But uh, when you say when you're saying that, I'm thinking about this statement of like uh, our our faith should be like a bird's wings of uh, a balance of between fear and hope, in the sense of like. Uh, my understanding is uh, if I'm just thinking, if I'm fear, or like I would equate that, like being now just down, right? Feeling like, you know, there's no hope. And like, that's not the way I perceive our faith to be. Like, I believe the designer is the most merciful, you know, it's the, is the most uh, gracious, the most just. And uh, we have to have optimism. We have to have hope. But obviously that, if that's just a hundred percent, hey, I don't, I'm just going to do whatever I feel like, cause hey, you know, creator is the most gracious, the most merciful. I'll just go punch that guy in the face. I'll be forgiven for everything. You know, like that's, a, that's, I think we, we have to be walking the middle path. We have to be moderate. We can't be extreme. It seems like extremisms, you you know, typically for the most part can be dangerous once you go from one side to the other, but uh, um, that's how I, that's what comes to my mind. Like, I think, uh, you know, there's, we all, we do Wrestle with those that side of our brain. It seems like that wants to focus on, you know, uh, the negative and the doom and gloom. But uh, I think uh, if we're our ideal self, we're, we're 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 more balanced than than that, you know. And uh, and all these faith traditions that we mentioned, they have this uh, role of the, you know, the devil, right? There's this uh, there's this force, and I, that's uh, you know, I would put him in that. The not,
0: not big in Judaism. It's not interesting it's not, it's not, i mean i'm maybe like like you said maybe there's maybe there's some rabbi watching this says, no pete you're wrong but as far as i know it's almost non-existent in the jewish teachings if not non-existent i, I may be wrong i may be wrong but that's that's my exposure to it
1: yeah that's interesting and uh, if you so just for the sake of the conversation if you, you remove that character from you know uh, this out of that equation of like divisive energy in the world um, which I'd be I'm super curious to see like what the tradition would kind of comment on that, you know, this, like someone who is just like a, what, who was uh, that, that, that it affects. I think, I, mean, I, think in,
0: I think to answer your question that you're kind of asking or starting to talk about, I think in Judaism, like you're just responsible. You want to do bad stuff. You're, there's no one tempting you. There's no devil tempting you to do anything. If you want to do horrible stuff, then you did it. And whatever that ends up meaning in any way, shape, or form. But there was no one tempting you to do it. Like a devil, a separate entity tempting you to do that. I think they just believe that inside you, there's like this um, potential for good and potential for bad. And you, you it's your kind of responsibility to pursue your potential for good. But if you happen to do the potential for bad, it's on you. There's no devil who told you to do it or tempted you to do it or that's how I understand
1: it yeah that's super interesting that's uh I'd like to learn more about that
0: like listen I went to when I was a kid I mean being being Jewish which I am I went to Hebrew school when I was a kid you know for years and uh I never heard the word devil I just never heard it it's never I just never even heard that word ever in any way shape or form never came up they, you know, they, it wasn't like they were saying, oh, by the way, you know, some people believe in the devil. We don't. It was just, like it was just never brought up. It was never said. Just completely unfamiliar with that term.
1: That's pretty fascinating. That, that, I, I didn't. Uh, I had no idea. That's pretty interesting. How about like, uh, I know uh, this idea of the angels on the shoulders. You've heard yeah, that before, It's more right? of a
0: Christian thing. So you, in, in your tradition, there's not. I, I never, I never, I never heard it like that. There might, like I said, there might be some high level rabbi who says oh actually it's written like this which is similar to that i I don't know
1: yeah i think in our tradition it's like uh, there's this uh uh, whispering in your heart from this with the uh, the devil satan's or shaitan or iblis but but ultimately whatever you decide to do you can't blame him for like you have to be right
0: i i understand but i'm saying that there's this notion that seems like in christianity and islam it appears of like attempting i mean it you, you're being tempted. Again, if you do it, it's on you, but there's still something tempting you. In Judaism, I'd, I'd never heard of any force tempting you to do anything aside just from your own inclinations, which some could be good, some could be evil. That's just like inner inclinations.
1: Yeah, but we're the right one. You guys are the wrong.
0: Exactly. That's going to be when we have a commercial for this. We're putting that clip on. That's going to be the 30-second clip.
1: Yeah. I mean, th- with these traditions, they're so rich that I think we can easily focus on a point and we can like really dig into it and kind of like realize how far we are from it and, uh, even fight over it and condemn each other over it. But I think the rich, these traditions are so rich that we can just as much or even more, we can focus on the other side, you know, the, the healing side. And, uh, and ultimately the, you know, I, I do believe in a designer. I believe this, i you know i I'm not the designer i'm not you know i'm just i'm a passenger on this boat like you man like we're heading in a destination that you know uh, I don't want to argue about hey we're going
0: here, but like you we're going from Mecca to Medina.
1: yeah yeah this is like this is uh you know again the the thing of what you can and cannot control starts to seep in right i i I can control how I treat you right I can control how I deal with you and um you can do the same and i think we can take examples from these traditions of like what good, good conduct and character is and what isn't but we can also you know we can spend you know time you know digging in and you know just that's why this idea of divisive influence and unity healing influence i think it transcends all our traditions it's in the
0: you know something that seems most of us are wrestling with in our heart What do you, what do you think about this what do you think about and I think, and again, I don't. I don't think me or you do this. What I'm going to bring up, and I think some people do this, and some people don't. And and by the way, I'm not passing judgment. Maybe if they do, there's a deeper meaning why they should. Because I'm not. But I've observed this, and I wonder what you think. Let's just say, for example, me and you were observing someone. We don't even know what religion they are. We'll say they're a Christian, just for this example and they do something good or bad and me or you just point oh that's good or that's bad like we just or what we think is good or bad or you know it doesn't mean it's objectively good or bad but you know in, in our subjective ways we say but very often there will be people that when someone of their own religion does something which is kind of suspect they'll defend it because the person's of their religion so they're kind of like trying to figure out a way to like excuse it or explain it again i don't i'm not that 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 doesn't appeal to me. I, I don't Not care. Not just what... religion, like Politics, right? All groups, right? All tribes. Yeah, right. Great point. Great point. So I remember, like, um, one time there was uh, I was in Israel many many years ago, and I was on a, I was on a bus actually at the moment, and the bus, it was like some kind of tour of Israel. Everyone on the bus happened to be Jewish on the bus I was at. Um. Now, there was, I forgot his name, but there was a guy who was like a very militant, crazy guy who was a Jewish guy. And he went into a mosque with like a machine gun. He killed like 40 Muslims who were praying. It was like 30 years ago or something. So, and by the way, I can tell you that within Judaism, he's despised. He's like the lowest of the low, you know, 99% of Jews or plus that I'm aware of. Like, consider him just an embarrassment and just, you know, whatever. It doesn't have any redeeming value, from what I've heard. Interesting, though. So we're passing, I think it was either the mosque or maybe his grave or something like that, and um, there was one guy on the bus said, hey, weren't you, aren't you going to say anything about that guy? Like almost, you know, like almost like a positive thing, which is, and the, the tour guide, who was an Orthodox Jewish guy, was like, why would I say anything about a low-life scumbag? Something like that. And everyone on the bus was like, yeah, screw that guy. It's like an embarrassment to the religion. And the guy who asked, who happened to have been an Orthodox Jewish guy, he's like, well, we don't know all the facts. You know, like, we don't really, you know. So he was, like, trying to, like, look for, like, I mean, is this, you can't, like, it was non-defendable. Like, everyone knows all the facts. Like, I walked into a mosque with a machine gun and killed 40 people praying. I mean, there's no, you know. But this one guy who happened to be Orthodox Jewish guy was like, oh, well, look, you know, we, we don't know everything, like, and everyone was kind of like, shut the fuck up, you know, that that, that was it, that was it, was, it was over right there. But I've seen it where people do despicable things and maybe objectively someone will say like, hey, well, that's pretty despicable, but because it's from their religion or their group, they'll somehow find a way to defend it. I've seen that quite a bit. Again, I just gave one example, which I, but I've seen it with all the religions and all the groups. What, what do you think that's all about or what are your yeah, thoughts on that
1: yeah i think it's you know uh, we've seen it's been the cr- crazy last couple of years in particular here right like just a lot with change and just out of the ordinary type of stuff and with the political stuff too i've seen that you know pretty clearly right and i've seen this this is uh we're talking about religious uh, traditions and stuff but again i think this is like a a human heart issue and uh It's going to take shape in so many different ways. I think it's ultimately like, are we people of bias or principle?
0: And uh, that's a good quote. Don't 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 sell yourself so so short. Because every time you quote, you're like, I don't know. This is a quote. That's a good quote. That's a good quote. Maybe that's your quote. That's a great quote. Are we are are we we, are we about bias or principle?
1: Yeah, and uh, definitely not my quote. I. I, I All well, my knowledge, like 80% of my knowledge comes from uh, uh, memes right now. So
0: just. It's, it's such just a short quote that you couldn't even mess that up, Adam. Was <laughs> yeah. So and,
1: and I've seen that. I've seen that within my own tribes, groups, whatever you would label me as. Like I've seen that. And uh, I think it's, you know, the, the, the if we're detectives on a lot of the stuff we're talking about, like that one piece of, like something that keeps showing up at the crime scene is the ego, man right the ego is like uh you know there's uh and and the religious traditions can take uh heat for what some of the members who can't control their ego have done in the name of their traditions or groups or whatever but uh how would you
0: how would you define and by the way I'm not I'm not like putting you on the spot to define ego cuz i i think the word ego has like five different definitions so um, but just wondering so i'm not i'm not relying on you to define it because anyone could just look it up but in this context in the context you're talking about how are you defining ego
1: yeah i'm i'm a white belt in in this uh research the the one person that i feel is like the the, the there's there's a an a, a scholar i think 800 years ago roughly imam al ghazali he's got a lot of research on it that I'm i'm I, I feel like well wow, th- th- there's something here I'm, there's something powerful there and it's 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 uh it's a pretty complex uh question you know there's I think there's different forms of the ego if I understand correctly it's I think uh you know we used to say should, it just,
0: should uh, you eliminate it totally or are there some healthy parts of it that you should retain or is it something that's just totally pernicious and should just be wiped out completely.
1: I'm still figuring that out. Like, but I would imagine, like, because again, it's it's something. It's a definition that maybe not everyone has the same understand. It's a word that not everyone has the same definition for. But uh, reading Al Ghazali's work, uh, which again I'm a total white belt in, it seems like there's many facets to the ego. It's not just so simple. Like I remember being when I was like a white belt on the mats. We used to have the saying, "Leave your ego at the door." It's pretty common. You probably heard that many times. And I remember back then thinking, like, it's got to be more to that, right? Because some people, they the ego fuels them to actually get out of bed and to go and make something out of themselves. So, you know, and then I've also seen people who, you know, in an effort to not have any, you know, ego, again, maybe not the best, you know, way of describing this, uh, but, they would just let people run all over them completely. Like, like every train with someone who are like, you shake hands to go on, they're like, they're just like a pancake. Now they're just letting you do whatever you want. That like, that's not healthy either, right? Like there's, you got to fight back. You got to have, strive towards something. And, but I think, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, I don't think I'm comfortable to comment on it. I, I have a lot to learn myself. So I'm right, I'm gonna myself let's, this.
0: let's do this. Great discussion so far. If someone sees, oh, Adam Rezovic got it. Um, interviewed, and we didn't talk about jiu-jitsu at all, they'd be like, I thought I was going to learn about jiu-jitsu, so I'm going to ask you some jiu-jitsu questions. We're going to switch gears, okay? Mm -hmm. Although we really covered a lot of interesting topics, now we're going to switch to jiu-jitsu. Just kind of like rapid fire, nothing too deep, just rapid fire getting your thoughts. Okay, question number one. Um, Do you think that jiu-jitsu is the best martial art for people to do? And you don't have to be, you know, nice about it if you think so to say it or do you think that it's an excellent martial art fantastic on May levels but there's other good choices or do you think no if they really if you you know say hey if you really want my advice i think it is the best one to do for these reasons or do you think like it's just one of the excellent choices
1: i think it's one of the excellent choices i, I don't think it's the only choice but i i would argue like that's the one that i put my heart and soul behind you know that's the one that I choose to spend the vast majority of my time studying and teaching and practicing, but, uh,
0: uh, it's just, it's cool. I, That's good. That's an excellent answer. I want to make this more like rapid fire. So that's excellent. Next yeah. question. I remember that there are some jujitsu practitioners that say, especially older school, like, you know, some of the older generation, they'll say, look, I'm not interested in exchanging punches with anyone on the street. I want to just clinch them and take them down. Cause even though I might be good at punching, they might be better. But there's some people who are like, "No, I want to learn out of box because, you know, learning out of box can come in handy." Even though I'm really into jujitsu, where are you at with that conversation?
1: I, I think uh, the 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 principles you're going to develop to help you deal with that through jiu-jitsu are oftentimes the same principles you're going to develop through boxing. There's different tactics and techniques and et cetera, but for example, I need to have an ability to manage distance, right? If someone wants to punch me in the face and I wanna clinch them and take them down, like my understanding of distance management needs to be good. So if I do boxing, that's only gonna help me manage distance better, right? If I develop a jab, I understand uh, footwork and when someone's entering and exiting my range or how to exit and enter their range, that can only complement my efforts to like use distance management to clinch them. So. Um, but again, sometimes people get so invested in, you know, uh, their particular style or their particular way of doing it, even within the styles, they're going to have people say, no, 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 they don't do the style the same as us. And so, again, that divisive energy might start seeping in. But I think uh, a lot of the, the principles that we use, in to uh, uh, are they're used uh,
0: like throughout combat sports. Fair enough. Next question why do you think and i thought i i asked this question out of pure curiosity i don't have any uh that, that's all i'm just curious i've thought about this a lot why do you think that guys some guys obviously exceptions some guys who are really 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 good at jiu jitsu like really good like freaking you know top 10 jiu jitsu guys in the world in gi or no gi Why do you think sometimes in MMA, they fight guys who are like, you know, not even ranked. They're just like somebody. I don't even, they're certainly not in the top 10 and they just don't do well. Like I'm not saying they they lose, they win. I don't know. Whatever they have draw, or it's close or they do lose. It's just such an odd thing for my, like when I see it, it's just, I'm just trying to think, is it a strategy thing? Like if they just went and clinched the freaking guy and took him down and I know they just had a six-week camp where they try to learn how to kickbox, but, like, is it a strategy thing? Like, I think of, like, like Hajer against, I forgot his first name, I think his last name is Kennedy. Is that his last name? Yeah, Tim Kennedy, yeah. And Tim Kennedy, like, I, I think beat him, if I'm not mistaken. And Tim Kennedy, nothing against Tim Kennedy. He might be a great guy and a great fighter, but I, I don't remember him ever being ranked in the top ten, like, ever in his career. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I, you know, I, I wouldn't consider him an A-level MMA fighter um or like when crone fought uh that was uh, i forgot his name uh, wherever he lost to um that guy is you know i know he had his time but he was kind of like older over the hill certainly not ranked anywhere near the top 10 and he beat crone in that fight and you know, i like crone i'm friends with crone i'm i was rooting for crone um i just look at that i'm i'm just thinking like is that just like a strategy thing? Or they go back to, oh, well, it's not, you know, on the streets, there's no time limit, it's timed, and you are just trying to get points. But, but even if we get past those usual like excuses, is there some other thing that you you chalk that up to? Or like a guy like Marcelo Garcia, who was like so dominant at that time, and then he fought like a C level MMA fighter and got like beat up, like or or uh Salo Hibero, like lost the condo, right? Like, like, I, I don't, uh, I can't quite get my head around it. I like, like, what is happening? Is it just like, it's just not cut off from MMA? Okay, well, that's the answer. Or is it like it is if they would just do this? Like, what if you were in their corner? Like, you're like, okay, guys, I'm your coach. And I'm going to tell you how to approach this. W- what's what's going on with that whole world?
1: I think uh, the, the one quote that comes to my mind is, the, "The rules of the game determine the way the game is played, and uh, it seems like if you reach the pinnacle of your sport, because that, that's, not, that's not just uh, uh, limited to like champions that come from jiu-jitsu. Like we've seen wrestling champions that come in and not do as good as people thought they would, and strikers, and but uh, it seems like something at the top. You're playing within the rules of that sport. And oftentimes, you'll see these top tier champions, they utilize tactics or even techniques that no longer exist in the new format, you know, with a new rule set. So for example, uh, let's say someone has a, someone's able to, uh, let's say, let's take jujitsu, for example. The way I perceive jiu-jitsu is, when I was a kid watching the Gracie's do what they did, I saw them, every fight started standing. They even implemented some strikes. You, you, you know, you as a striker, you can be like, hey, those are not, those strikes are nothing to be impressed by, right? But they did utilize some strikes and they did make efforts to clinch. And even some like really good Greco-Roman guys might be like, "Hey man, dude, that's not the best way to clinch, etc." But but they, that was the template they showed us: standing, clinching, and ground. So the rules of the game determine the way the game is played. I can play the game in a way where I can pull guard every single time I have a match, and I utilize a strategy that you know I win by points, for example, and like and I put together a system that no one can really uh, challenge, and therefore I am the most notable recognizable champion but now you put me in a new context where i have you know five five minute rounds instead of like a no time limits or 10 minute rounds like all these different rules they're gonna they're gonna have an influence on you know uh um on your uh ability to uh perform and uh, so th- that's why i think when people are crossing over to mma I, uh, a guy who you know wasn't the top of the food chain in that in in their initial sport that doesn't mean they're not going to have an impact in this new sport right so um it's uh it's definitely interesting it's it's something that uh that's the best way i I can describe it in my mind it's the world
0: it's an excellent point and a good analysis an interesting fight this is kind of a side note to my question kind of a side note but I always found interesting when Guy mesger who's a good friend of mine and has been interviewed on this show, fought Little Nog, who was in Pride, and it was in their, you know, Little Nog was in his prime. So Those was like the best Little Nog ever was, as far as I can remember. And I, I think Little Nog won a split decision, which was kind of a suspect decision. So let's just say it was about a draw. Let's say they fought two about a draw, and some a lot of people thought Guy mesger got ripped off. He should have won that fight. But let's forget that. Let's just say it was about a draw after 15 minutes or half, however long they fought in Pride then. But what I think is interesting, I think Guy Mezger was probably a blue belt then. It's probably a blue belt. And Lil Nog was like, you know, Abu Dhabi-level jiu-jitsu guy. Um, and if they fought Inogi and Abu Dhabi, I would suspect that Lil Nog would tap Guy Mezger at that time. I think he probably would. But when it was MMA, it was a whole different story. Because Guy Mesger was probably a blue belt then. But, you know, he knew how to strike and wrestle. And it was, like, dead even. So a lot of that stuff was nullified. Anyway, just I always I always just found that match super interesting. I just just I, I that match, if I think about the subject, which I don't think about too much. But if I do, that match somehow makes its way back into the equation. I'm like, man, you know, if they fought in Abu Dhabi, I think Lil Nog would have subbed him in two minutes. But MMA the whole different world and it wasn't like not little nye wasn't a good striker because he was a decent striker quite frankly him and his brother boxed when they were kids as far as i know and he's pretty good boxer but somehow it didn't matter so anyway i don't know if you have any comments on that particular yeah
1: yeah and uh, like for example I, one i'm thinking now it's probably my ego defending the because we're folks are in jiu-jitsu but uh the uh crow Cop getting knocked out by uh uh what was it then? Randleman. Randleman. Yeah, I was gonna say when he came to the UFC and fought uh,
0: a. Oh, um, uh, yeah, that guy from Massachusetts. I forgot his but, name. But
1: Randleman's is probably a better example, right? Like Randleman's just—you put him in a new circumstance, new new rules, new dynamics, more problems to have to be aware of, and maybe.
0: I think the difference, though, I think I think actually i don't i don't know if i think it's a partially good analogy but i'll, I'll tell you why i think it's not a full good analogy but i, I could be wrong because i'll tell you this you could say well actually pete it is a good, good analogy because of this but i think the theme of jiu is it's just you're complete it's a complete form of self-defense so you could put yourself anywhere crock didn't say anything he just said I'm a, I'm a i'm a k1 kickboxer i'm not saying i know how to deal with anything in particular. I'm going to just try MMA. And, of course, if he was just fighting Randallman in K-1, he would have beat him for sure or pretty close to sure. But because he was afraid of the shot, he, he was hesitant, and then Randleman's like, F it. I'm just going to throw a hook and knock him out, which he did. And, again, I'm not excusing Krokop or anything like that or even taking a side here. I'm just saying um, kickboxers don't purport to be complete fighters. They're just K-1 fighters, and Jujitsu is supposed to be a – well-rounded self-defense thing. So that's why I think it's not a complete analogy, but it's, it's still, a, I get your point. And by the way, what's interesting, another little side note to that, is uh, I always found it interesting that in the rematch, Crocop beat Randleman by choking him, which is just even funnier. It's like they beat each other with each other's uh, thing. It's kind
1: yeah, of and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's super uh, interesting um, I had a point that I just, uh, escaped my mind. If it comes back, I I might interrupt you, but, uh, um, well,
0: anyway, well, in case we can't, that's, uh, I guess, uh, my, my final question would be who are the four best Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fighters ever in no necessary order? In jiu jitsu. So, not, 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 not in I, MMA. In jiu jitsu. Yeah. And
1: actually, you know, the, the, the idea came back to my mind because um, when we we're talking about like MMA, and then uh, when you mentioned jiu jitsu being like, you know, complete self defense, I think it that's a conversation too of like, we, is self defense MMA?
0: No, of course not. It's surviving. I understand that. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. And, and that's that's another dynamic when when you have these specialists that are, you know, getting outperformed. Like, that's another dynamic to throw in there. If you got, if you knew you were gonna fight the specialist in like two, three months from now, you're gonna prepare like pretty well. Where if you met that specialist in the elevator on a random day, their skill set might shine a lot brighter.
0: I agree, and not to mention in, in defense of the jujitsu guys. If they're at the foundation learning really survival, but now someone says, no, you're in a ring. You have five minutes to like win. You can't just kind of like just play it kind of defensive. They're kind of uh, impelled to, or excuse me, they're compelled to uh, fight. And it's a different thing. I understand that.
1: There's a statement. There's a a saying of like, the quickest way to get knocked out is when you try to knock someone out because you kind of you overextend yourself, You you there's vulnerabilities with that. And I think with Jiu Jitsu, I think it's it, at its core, it shines brightest as a defense uh, system, like how to escape pins, all types of like strangleholds and all types of attacks. So if you go out and you try to become offensive with a defensive system, it could, it's such a strong system that you can attack people with it, but I feel you're also inherently vulnerable in attacking, you know, if, uh, you know, uh, for example, in jujitsu, if I try an, an attack where I try to arm lock you, I try to triangle you, there's some extension involved with that, where if I don't land that attack, it might be at the expense of my defense, you might advance position over me, just like a boxer trying to like throw a right hand, he might get hooked, you know? So, I, but I think if you, st- if, if, as a human being, if you want to learn a system where it's like, hey, If someone actually pins you, they grab you in this way, that way. Like, I don't think there's a comparison out there. Like jujitsu has like got the most research to deal with that.
0: What about Tai Chi? Okay.
1: (laughs) Who knows? I'm sure there there might be uh, Um,
0: we're trying to
1: figure out what that is exactly. It's like a
0: meditation, right? I'm not an expert, Um, but um, I mean, I'm not an expert in the subject of Tai Chi. I've read a little bit about it. Um, Okay. Did I ask you one other question? That, yeah, that what we, was that
1: question? The other one uh, I, I kind of uh, interrupted you. To... No
0: problem. So, um, oh, yeah. Who is your, who's the four best Jiu-Jitsu fighters ever? Gi or no gi? This is not MMA or Valle Tudor. Who are the four best Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, practitioners ever? In no necessary order. Um, we are
1: having a conversation the other day, me and my buddy, and uh, we were joking that you have to put a... Uh, uh Guy Valente in there now since he's uh uh, started dating uh uh, Giselle the model like he's entered the conversation (laughs) but uh you gotta put I think Roger Gracie I think uh Gordon Ryan I think Gordon Ryan is like you know he is the current Roger Gracie and uh yeah there's so many people you can make the argument for Add,
0: add, add to add to add to all time all time all time Uh, and again, I'm not talking about their contributions to this. Just really, just straight up, if they rolled, if they rolled. You're of course guessing because you don't know how you know Hollis Gracie would have done against you know whoever. You're guessing, but in generation to generation. But I'll take your guess. It's a it's a very educated guess.
1: Like if you put all the guys in the room, like who's gonna be yeah. standing? For st-
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I would say Roger. I would say Gordon. I would say we have talked about this in the before, like the stories you hear about Higgin. Like
0: you know, Higgin. Is, Higgin. I I would I would put I think putting Higgin out is a pretty smart bet. Yeah, I remember
1: because I see like Holetta uh, was one of the best guard players ever, and you can see a video of like uh, Higgin, Higgin running through his guard on.
0: like in the first like few seconds and then, like yeah. doing whatever he felt like it. Yeah, the most
1: casual face. For, <laughs> yeah. And then the stories you would hear, you know, at Gracie Baja like. So uh, I would imagine he's got to be in that conversation. And uh, right. yeah, I think uh, Marcelo Garcia for the smaller person, you know, the, his results have been fantastic. Uh,
0: that's a good. That's that's four. That's a, That's Marcelo Garcia, Higgin Machado, uh, Gordon Ryan, Roger Gracie. I think is a, a solid yeah, four. Yeah, 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 solid yeah. Four, man. That's yeah. a solid freaking four.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you can you can uh, we can argue those four.
0: Cool. All right, man. Thank you for today. Um, I think it was very enlightening um, for a lot of people and uh, it was for me. So thanks again. And um, we'll see you soon.
1: Thank you, Dr. Pete. Thank you for all that you do. And uh, those of you who don't know the story, Dr. Pete played a huge role in me getting back on the mats through my hurting my back and also just trying to get my mind right and be, you know, uh, again, going back to that unity energy, hopeful, having faith and uh yeah everything's worked out thank you dr p for the role that you played my friend
0: my pleasure peace